Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. This is Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs. And welcome once again to the H&J Daily. This is some of the best bits of this afternoon's show, which featured um, Ross Noble, fine comedian. Good form. He was on very good form, telling some great stories about his time working with Mel Brooks. I think you'll enjoy those. And we also uh, were joined by Henry Blofeld. Blowers was back. And again, he was on good form as well, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Very sprightly. Yeah. Sprightly for 80. Um, Martin Kellner gave us a week of sport on TV, which Less we very much enjoyed. Less, no, he's very good. Very good. <laughs> and uh, we had a chat about various matters. So that's it. Enjoy. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. Watched a little bit of the last 25. I wasn't going to watch uh, the football last night because I watched a lot of football this week, but then I saw that Arsenal were losing, so I thought, well, that's always good. A bit of Schadenfreude, was it? Oh, that backfired on you, didn't it? did, yeah. Pepe, though, (laughs) it's funny, isn't he? He so needed that first one, and then there you go. It's funny how it goes in football. Get one, you get two, and uh, great free kicks, and now he'd probably be up and running. He showed that he had signs. We were saying he looks like he's a decent player, but it's just... Always difficult making your way in the Premier League. So, yeah, uh, it, it does. As I was saying, it takes a bit of time mm. to adjust, doesn't it? Uh, Dance has done the maths. Mm. He said if it's Spotify, that would have been 0.0000.1p to Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> Thank you very much. It all counts, though. <laughs> it all, all counts, counts yeah. isn't it? Well, this is true. Um, and Keeps uh, Mick in beard oil, doesn't it, really? <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you think he uses beard oil? Probably I'm not, not. sure. Uh, Colleen uh, Rooney has uh, oh, done yeah. her usual thing that she does when in, uh, Wayne has his birthday. Yeah, uh, she's basically sent him a public uh, message. She's a happy birthday at Wayne Rooney. Okay, you know, does she call him at Wayne Rooney at home? Of course she does. <laughs> just, just send him a text or give him a card. Yeah, we don't care. Honestly, should we go down to? She says at Wayne Rooney. Should we go down to Tesco's? <laughs> Hashtag shopping. Hashtag take the kids. <laughs> probably. Hashtag sitting in the trolley. <laughs> she probably does. She probably does, actually. Mm. I've got a, a good name from the... This is a good posh name from the uh, court circular today. Uh, congratulations to Vanessa and John uh, McIntosh of McIntosh. Really? Yeah, I don't know what rainwear they wear. Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. McIntosh of McIntosh. Yeah. Do we know why they're called that? I have no idea why they're called Macintosh of Macintosh, but they oh, had a daughter, so congratulations really? Please, now, what's her name now? Uh, her name would be Kyla Claire Macintosh of Macintosh. <laughs> Just pass. You can't sing that anymore. <laughs> can't lot, keep moving. a lot of Macintosh. Yeah, can't sing any of these songs anymore. <laughs> and, uh, Sometimes one you forget. One of your sections is, uh, bet you have, he's fun to have a pint with. Bet he's fun to have a pint with, yeah. And that today goes to the George Costanza lookalike, uh, knitter Samuel Barsky. Oh, who yeah. uh, basically knits a sweater for any place he's going. So if he's going to visit us here, he'll sort of probably do a thing of the shard. He'll have a sweater with a big sh- sort of shard tower. Oh, okay. So if he goes to yeah. the Leaning Tower of Pisa, he knits himself a jumper with the Leaning, the leaning tower, tower, tower on it. Yeah. Or I think he went to Stonehenge, so he had a little Stonehenge jumper. Nice. And uh, that's what he does, which uh, is great Why? for him. No idea whatsoever. Um, he's, he's a basky case. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, he, um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I bet he would be fun to have a pint with, wouldn't he? Oh, yeah, as soon as he sat down, you'd see that because he'd have a jumper on of that pub, <laughs> wouldn't he? He would. Everywhere he goes. Everywhere he goes. Everywhere he goes. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, talking of that, did you see that uh, Gary Rout, the new Millwall manager, yeah. has been studying UFC method, training yeah. methods. Well, it's Millwall. You know, I'm saying more for the fans, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? Surely. That's right. In case they go on a bad well, run, well, well he can look after himself. <laughs> That's right. 
Well, I'm sure Terry Herlock did, because I remember, I'm sure there was a game where he got a bloke on the floor and punched him repeatedly in the face. <laughs> yeah, probably. But I think in those days, you only got a yellow for that. <laughs> That's right, yeah. yeah. And uh, you see that bottle, I don't get this, uh, a bottle of whiskey yesterday went for one and a half million quid. Wow. So I think it's from 1926 or something yeah. like that. It's very old, obviously, but the point, the point of it is, though, the minute you open it, it's worth nothing. So yeah. what, what's the value of this thing? Oh, I've got this bottle, it's worth... Can I have some? No, no, sorry, it'd be worth nothing if you have some. 54,000 a dram. But some bloke did try it. Uh, David Robertson, who was a master distiller at Macallan, the, the makers of this whiskey, sampled it and said he wasn't overly impressed. Especially spending yeah. one and a half million for a thing of whiskey, you don't even like it. We were clearing some stuff out of my mum's, one of her cupboards the, the other day, and we found this bottle of wine at the mm. back. My dad's been dead now for about 19 years, right. but this was given to him as a gift, this bottle of wine. Oh. And for some reason, they never drunk it. It just sat at the back of the uh, the cupboard there. It might be worth a bit. Well, um, I thought it wasn't worth it. I looked I looked it up. I thought, and it, you know, it wasn't a lot. It wasn't like thousands. It wasn't even hundreds. But It, it wasn't was a, blue you know, none or something. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't a <laughs> 20 year old blue but, none. But I know it was, might, have been, uh, it might have been a 25 quid bottle of wine or something Ooh, nice, like yeah. that. So I thought that would be nice. I mm. thought, and obviously, wine, nothing's going to go wrong with wine. It'd be absolutely <laughs> fine, yeah, really. won't it? Yeah. So I thought, I'm going to drink that tonight. Gonna <laughs> just, uh, salute the old man god bless him oh, lovely, me yeah. mum with a bottle of wine and uh, blimey could have powered your car on it <laughs> it just turned it was just sediment and alcohol remember that really? old clip sediment and alcohol <laughs> Ian, Ian Royce <laughs> yeah but man did you decant it, was, it or did you try and decant no, it no I tried to drink some of it but oh. it was it was like oh no it'd been like it'd been made in a vat in someone's garage <laughs> so something had something had gone wrong in the process corked I think <laughs> definitely Alan corked <laughs> well bad well brought back to sport yeah and here is a great salute to the British education system. Millions of people do not know the galaxy is named the Milky Way, with 17% believing it's called Earth. It's brilliant, isn't it? So most people thought they were chocolate bars, let's be honest. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, yeah. there's enough kind of pop uh, astro uh, astronomy shows on TV yeah, these yeah, days, aren't there? You'd think people would be up to really speed, really, wouldn't you? I don't get it. There's a brilliant photo in the paper today of thousands of people, no, hundreds of people, that's an exaggeration, <laughs> hundreds of people. Fake news. Exactly. Yeah. Hundreds of people climbing Everest, reaching the, the, the summit. And yeah. you're thinking, what's the point? <laughs> you're going to say, oh, I've climbed Everest. Oh, have you? Who cares? So what? So thousands of people. I'm not interested. <laughs> There's absolutely no point in doing it, is there now? It's done. It's personal satisfaction. Oh, it's not just bother. a show off. It's just that personal, to say you've no, done it's it. it's just to put, you know, put it on Facebook. Or it has, I mean, it has become a, a kind of a weird sort of industry now, isn't it? To the point it where it's mad. incredibly dangerous because, and it's dangerous for the Sherpas. Because yeah. they're often stuck up there for days with these people. They're responsible for these people. Yes, it's have such cues to mm. get to the summit. And a lot of people, you know, and it, it costs a fortune. Do you know that? It costs you about 80 grand plus. Really? Yeah, you can't just... Even less reason You to can't do just it. rock 80 up. 80 grand to, to say that you've done something, people go, yeah. Yeah, well, so well, I, I mean, you could say that about a lot of things, and it's a very odd attitude to life. But uh, I, you know, I respect your <laughs> very opinion. Odd attitude to life. I do respect your opinion after a fashion. Uh, we do love a scare story. Uh, pumpkin sales have been hit by record levels uh, as people buy them to eat and carve for Halloween. Yeah, uh, lovely bit of tabloid thesaurus coming up. Twice as many of the low-calorie, nutritious fruit ah. because you can't say pumpkin twice no. have been bought for cooking. And the push sales up by almost ten percent on last year, which is great news, Andy. Great oh, news. So you know, I suppose what well, they always do this. So obviously, week to go, people think, "Oh, I've got to get me pumpkin." It's your pumpkins pumpkin. in, yeah, yeah. Busy time for Alan. Uh, it is uh, thirteen minutes. <laughs> Personal appearances <laughs> at a maximum. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Talks me and Jacobs here on TalkSport, making a welcome return to the studio to chat about his uh, new book, A Personal Celebration of Our Glorious Game. Uh, my A to Z of cricket is uh, Henry Blofeld. Blow, it's good to see you again. Well, I think it's an always a joy to come yes. here. this wonderful new building and see you look younger than ever. Yeah, 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 we're smiling, cheerful. We're, we're still getting away with it somehow, Henry. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it's very interesting. We're just chatting uh, off air, saying what a great summer of cricket it was. And Andy asked you, had you managed to go along to a couple of games and take the games in? But uh, you find watching cricket now frustrating, you say? Well, it seems extraordinary, this. I, I've watched 800 test matches, I suppose. But 
when I go along now, uh, I went once or twice last year, which mm. was the year after I'd retired, and you watch, I got so frustrated because you saw things happen which were exciting and you, I wanted to talk about them. <laughs> I wanted to try and make them entertaining and interesting mm. for listeners and I had nothing I could do. And I did find it very frustrating. I really did. The only cricket I really watch now is doing ground commentary on charity games, which right. I love doing, actually, mm. because you get to know the players and you have a bit of fun with the crowd. Commentated on one of my wickets, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, charity game, yes. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, so for, for, for Grenfell Tower. No, Grenfell Tower's one. Yeah. I, dr- I drive past that, that ground frequently. Uh, yeah, and, of course, I think of you, Irving. Oh, yeah, yeah. Course, okay. <laughs> What was the wicket <laughs> like? I mean, I'm sure Henry remembers. It was an it was MP. A... I can't remember how you I got took, him out. You, yeah. Which MP? Do you know was who MP it, was? Um, uh, what's his name? Giles Adams. May have been. I don't who, remember chap who's um, the member for Selby in Yorkshire. Could well have been. Caught with long arm, was it? No, I don't know. I don't remember. I have, I've blanked it out of my mind. The only thing I remember is that uh, Max Rushton was co-commentating with you. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Fantastic. Max saying I'd be unbearable. I'm just the next thinking day. it. The only thing was he, yeah. he wasn't run out for naught without facing a ball. No, <laughs> that's true. There, there should be like a kind of blowers radio. I mean, you could, maybe you could sit there, blowers, and, and commentate on a kind of closed circuit. People could make a contribution <laughs> yeah. and have their headphones on and listen to you. Yeah, like it seems podcast, it seems a bit podcast. of a mad idea, but I will leave it with you. It's yours. But you were saying that John Arlott, the great. John Arlott, who yeah. we love on this show, after he retired, he never watched cricket. I he can't believe it. Never. And funny enough, I was in Basingstoke playing playing a show with Swanee last night, and of course, it, Basingstoke was um, where Arlott was born. Yeah. Bounty, uh, yeah, uh, within within a very short distance of Maze Bounty. Maze Bounty. Yeah. Yeah. I think where I drank many bottles of claret of a very good year. And it's a bit it like some of the cricketers. I think Ian, uh, sorry, Ian Botham, uh, as soon as he finished, never picked up a bat again. Didn't play again I think sometimes you know some people they want to keep playing they still play charity games but others just have to leave it behind they've done it and they, they can't see the upside I can understand that because if you played it really so well at the top level mm. you perhaps don't want to make a fool of yourself at a lower level if you mm. don't play very much on the other hand conversely Tom Graveney who I thought I saw play probably the greatest single test innings of technical perfection in the Port of Spain in 1968 um, he went on not quite to the end but he went on well in to his 70s playing for old England sides and that wonderful cover drive was still there yeah. it was as elegant as ever he had his cap peak up and, it, and he walked to the wicket and you just, it was rather like watching a derby winner walking around the paddock <laughs> but I, I remember I mean I was a massive fan of Viv Richards what a wonderful oh. player he was and uh, we, played, we played in a charity game and I was really looking forward to him batting and David English got him out for naught it was so disappointing <laughs> <laughs> he should have done a WG Grace he would have said they're not here to watch you bowl yeah. a loon he uh, should have just stayed yeah, absolutely. in. Well, well uh, WG said once, he said, when the ba- off bail went on, he said, when did they, picked it up, put it back on, I said, when did they umpire? And he said, <laughs> he said doctor, he said, mind it, don't blow your ass off on the way back to Pavilion. Yeah, <laughs> windy day. Well, W is for WG, and uh, G is for Graveney, as in Tom Graveney, in your book, uh, My Z of Cricket. And it is just that, isn't it? Whether it's uh, players or grounds or... Things like you, night, N is for Night Watchman, M for Man Cadding. You've added, in some cases, there's not just one example of, say, a T, there's a few T's. If you feel there's more than one T that, that's worthy of inclusion, you've added other T's, for example. I have. I mean, if I had to go for one T, it would be Fred Truman, who was a great, great, a good friend of mine. Mm. And I love Fred. And he was wonderful in the box. He always called me H, which is appropriate because <laughs> my name begins with H. No one else did. <laughs> and and he was, I, I always thought Fred was a very kind man. Yeah. And I liked him enormously. And he was always very good to me, and I once stayed with him in in uh, in Yorkshire, but mm. Skipton, and he mm. was he was terrific. And when Ren stopped playing, we carried on talking about anything and everything. Fred's memory of the old days was absolutely wonderful, and it really then he, he drew everyone on the edge yeah. of that seat. You can see it on YouTube. You can see him bowling; it's available. And that is action. action. The best ever. Oh, what an action! I know. Beautiful thing yeah. of beauty. I mean, yeah. if God if God ever took up fast bowling, that would be it, <laughs> yeah. wouldn't it? Probably. Yeah. We, we uh, Fred did kind of see. I think in the early days as a young man, he saw cricket as a bit cl- class war as well. The kind of gentlemen and players thing. He, he got on the wrong side of a few people at times and mm. didn't like the attitude. Lord Hawk. I think it was. <laughs> that's what I think it was. Yeah. Well, no, I think. <laughs> what happened to Fred I think he when he first came in 1952 and, and do you remember India in the second innings at Headingley in his first test India were naught for four and Fred take five for one or something Ali, five they, very low well, no they were four wickets for no runs yeah 
and three to uh, Fred and one to Alec Bedzer. And then he went to the West Indies. And Len Hutton, who was his captain from Yorkshire, didn't look after him at all. Charlie Palmer was player manager who played for Leicestershire, and he didn't help either. And Fred got a bad reputation on that tour. And after that, he didn't go to Australia in 54-5, didn't go to South Africa in 56-7, didn't go to Australia again in 58-9. And he probably missed all... 40, 50 test matches on simply because no one looked after him when he was young, first wow. playing for England, which was bad luck. And now, at the moment, uh, Emery, uh, H is for hat-trick, but it could be for the 100 uh, in, in the second edition of this. Now, <laughs> yeah, yes. interested to know what you make of this new short form of the game. Right? This is just well, I wish it all luck. I don't think it's a particularly good idea, I have to say that. I mean, I think England, England invented T20. They then lost control of it. And I think this was probably because of the domination of the Indian Premier League. And I think um, people running English cricket at the time uh, got rather into bed with Srinivasan, the man who ran Indian cricket, and we didn't, and didn't, he didn't want us to to produce a sort of alternative um, um, franchise yeah. to the Indian Premier League. Then Australia got hold of it, and then all the the big bash, and then the others. And I think England felt well, they've been left out, and um, probably took the view that that we've got to try and invent something a little bit different now, mm. and. I don't know, 100 is very close to 120, which is the T20. Yeah. Um, I felt the other day that the auction, the first auction, was rather a damp squib. There weren't enough big names and that the sums of money were not probably big enough. To it be. wasn't like the IPO auction. It wasn't, was it? Yeah. But it's got to start somewhere. Yeah. And I wish it every success. Of course I do. And cricket this summer, as we've all been saying, was on such a high. Yeah. Football off the back page and the front pages. Mm. And this is 2020 next year, the perfect time to start this and I hope very much that it does go well I have my great severe doubts about it yeah. I think I think it'll go well in the south of England whether it goes well in Yorkshire and up there I don't know yeah but uh, it's going to be on terrestrial television yeah. yes of it, and that's got to be a good that's terrific you. I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, S might be for Silvers in the next edition as well, because Chris yes. Silverwood's taken over. You uh, you have high hopes for him? Yes, I do. I'm, I'm a great supporter. I mean, he was never he never quite made it, did he, as a, mm. as a bowler? But he's, he's got, obviously he's got it up here, all right. And I think he'll do, I think he'll do a great job. Difficult, isn't it? I mean, you know, the last Englishman to do it, Peter Moores, wasn't it? Yeah. Who did it at two incarnations, one coinciding with Kevin Peterson's captaincy, which was not, would never have been easy for anyone. Mm. Um, Yes, I mean, let's hope he does do it. I mean, I think I think what's happened now, curiously, Andrew Strauss got Trevor Bayliss from Australia to put the one-day side of it right, the white ball cricket, yeah. which he's done, mm. but very much at the expense of the red ball cricket. I mean, we see this so much whenever England bat, in that Alistair Cook, who's now gone, has been the last batsman who was able for England to bat time. Mm. I mean, mm. he made 147 in his last test innings, which at the Oval, do you remember that? Yes, which of course, was a yeah. brilliant um, sort of example of doing that. But you see, Joe Root, wonderful player, keeps on getting out for scores of between 40 and 60. Mm. And they don't win test matches. It's the big ones, the 160s, the 180s, that really are significant. Mm. I think Burns pitch. has got potential. Yes, I do. Yeah. I think he's got yeah. potential. Mm. I think there are a number with potential, but no one's quite that young. Mm. You see, Johnny Basto, I mean, he's, a, um, I think, a mild worry in terms of red ball cricket. He did wonderfully well with Roy, didn't he, opening the batting in, in the That's World Cup. Mm. But then in the yeah. Ashes series, he batted so badly or got so few runs that he's not even going to Sri Lanka. Mm. Yeah. So what of Root as a captain, Henry? Are you, uh, how do you view his captaincy? Do you, do you think it does affect his batting? Is, yes, it, is it worth persevering I, with it? And I don't think he is a natural captain. I really don't. I'm not, no, no harm. He's a wonderful natural cricketer. And many wonderful natural cricketers don't really have to think about the game as you and I would, mm. you know, mm. more normal mortals. And so perhaps don't understand the problems that face their colleagues in the dressing room and therefore are unable to sort of, to deal with the individuals in the side. And, and, and bring the best out in them. You see, I, I, I think someone else very soon must step forward and do that job. And I think it's very difficult. I hope that Joss Butler's the man, but at the moment he doesn't make enough, quite enough runs consistently enough. Yeah. There's a, a nice, there's a few uh, unusual ones amongst the, 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 the names and, and the things you'd expect in the A to Z. Uh, M is for Menorca Cricket Club. Well, you see, I've oh, got... Really? No, I now sort of got a pad over there. Right. And I love the Menorca Cricket Club. It's a wonderful ground, which was put together about 30 years ago. 
and it's, it's you come it's in it's very dry arid country and suddenly you come to this oasis and it's just like a, an english village green and they play it quite seriously it's the greatest possible fun i was over there the other day for my 80th birthday wow. and we had a we had a 10-day wake which got wilder and wilder and wilder <laughs> and i've had enough to drink until i'm 90 i think have you, been, have you been commentating for them or doing some stuff over the pa for them oh, no 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 they right. don't don't run to a pa mercifully and I, th- <laughs> I think probably i think probably the white wine would have precluded any sensible comedy <laughs> it's, been, it's been told before but you, you nearly played for england didn't you so well yeah. that, that had nothing to do with my ability as a cricketer I mean, but you weren't a bad cricketer, were you? Well, I don't know. I played a little bit when I had... But, but the playing for England was only... Well, nearly playing for England was because of the numerical necessity of having 11 people in the side. <laughs> we, were in, we were in Bombay in 1963-4, the second Test match, and Delhi Belly had struck in, mm. in big way. Yeah. And there were only 10 fit men the night before the match. And David Clark, the manager, after the press conference, he said, bless, we'll stay behind. I did. And he said, look, you and I are the only two who played first-class cricket in the rest of the party, so to speak. Um, you're 20 years older than me. For God's sake, try and get to bed before midnight. <laughs> and I said, I'll do my very best. And went round to the dressing room next morning about 8.30. And my arrival coincided with that of Mickey Stewart, the vice-captain, who'd had, they thought he had typhoid. He didn't, luckily. He heard the news on the radio, got out of bed, arrived looking ashen-faced, and stood at back with short leg for an hour and a half, and went back to hospital looking even more ashen-faced, oh. with a temperature of 105. <laughs> <laughs> but my, my patriotism didn't extend to being 12 man, I'm afraid. Yeah. Oh, well. But you do, you, yes. having said that you missed the, the, the chance to commentate, you're not missing the, being a commentator regularly, because you said you've, you've, you're very busy, life's very busy, you're, you're touring with uh, Swanee at the moment still, aren't you? Touring with Swanee in the theatre, and I'm doing a, quite a lot of charity commentary, I'm getting involved in in uh, reality TV uh, quite a lot, oh. and I spent I spent April in India doing uh, making. I can't really say what the program is because I'm contractually bound not to. Okay, that'll be interesting. And I think we can probably guess what it was. It's is not it the hotel is it, one? Is it? Well, the, we the, he can't say. Yeah, we just. That's about, I think we can sorry, probably. I, I didn't quite hear that. Probably guess what it was. Uh, so we're not going to see you. And I'm a celebrity or strictly then. Uh, no, I, I well no. The only one I said I would settle for was Love Island. <laughs> I, now, I'll tell you what, I, I had an audition for Love Island, but they said my technique was 12 out of <laughs> oh, well, there you go. That will be very entertaining. <laughs> uh, lovely to see you, Blows. More power to you. And, yes, uh, well and uh, yes, Great. Uh, Thank you both so much for having me. Uh, Henry's uh, My A to Z of Cricket is out now in uh, hardback, uh, published by Hodder and Storm. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. How many books have you signed, Andy? I've got to do some later. Oh, I've done quite a few now. I'd say... Plowing through them. 30 or something like that. 
Perry and uh, Bob got through theirs in about nine minutes, Joe was telling me. I was doing that. Very impressive. Well, they do it in crayons. Just put a big cross, the pair of them, don't they, yeah. for goodness sake? Uh, now, I don't know if Pele's got over his birthday himself. But 79 I, he was the other day, wasn't he? Yeah. But I, uh, I've got a little T20 birthday spread for you. Oh, OK. So, OK, we'll have a bit of birthday spread. Then I've got to guess the age of this person. Yes, uh, you've got to get the age of It's quite tricky, this. So uh, I'll give you a, a nice margin of 10. Uh, it's a very happy birthday to the novelist. She wrote Breathing Lessons in 1988, which won the Pulitzer Prize, you'll remember that. It's a very happy birthday to Anne Tyler. And uh, I loved her book on biological yogurt. And it's live, it was called. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> Thank you very much. Do you think she is a Tyler? I doubt if she is. <laughs> well, uh, well, thanks ever so much, Wayne. We're very pleased with the job. Yeah, I've got the grouting done. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be, back, uh, I'll be back Monday. Uh, just, uh, could just give it a clean up. So I'd say... Yes, um, and Tyler. Okay. Um, she also wrote Clock Dance last year. Okay. Anne Tyler, she's ooh, 60, 64. Oh, no, a very rare defeat for you there. Oh, really? She's 78 years oh, young. Oh, blimey. Last time I saw her, she, looked, she didn't look anything like 78 <laughs> yeah, yeah, when she was yeah. doing my downstairs <laughs> toilet. It's fantastic with all the little matches in, yeah, the, know, in between. Very good. Talking of books, um, yeah. in Russia, they for a while, they had the Booker Prize, their own version of the Booker Prize. Mm. Uh, but they've dropped it now for some reason. They don't think it's right. So the biggest... I was reading all about it today. The biggest lucrative literary prize in Russia is something called The Big Book, funded by Roman Abramovich. Is that and, right? Yeah, the billionaire owner of Chelsea Football Club, as you know, not the plumber. And it says winners take home 3 million rubles, which sounds like quite a lot of money. I can't remember how much the ruble is to the pound. I should have worked it out before I mentioned it. Yeah. But it does seem interesting. interesting. Yeah, there you go. I think I'm, still, I'm, I'm a bit preoccupied with the, the idea of, of um, Henry Blofeld, who was with us uh, in the last hour, <laughs> yeah. uh, being on Love Island. I just uh, <laughs> you can't get over it. I yeah. just well, it, I just <laughs> wonder how it would work. I just wonder what they do in that situation, just to have old Blowers there in his in his speedos wandering around. It would have been. It's, it's a, such a shame that uh, John Arlott is no longer with us because he would have been. I mean, you know, if he just stood in for Ian Sterling for one mm. week, you know. Amber is outside with Tommy and Molly May. <laughs> They've Molly had an May's argument bouncing. over Anton and... You know, it'd be great, wouldn't it? It'd be very good, uh, John Arlott doing the Love Island voiceover. Now, I had a letter published in the uh, in the stars this yeah. morning. I'm always happy when that happens. I wrote in under the uh, pseudonym of G. Spinnaker, Portsmouth. <laughs> That's very good. Yeah. And it says this. It says, so, Mariah Carey getting nine million for advertising crisps. Blimey, that's even more than a top footballer gets. What about the nurses? Yeah, well said, Andy. A point, a point well made. And they published it, so I'm delighted about that. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. You better not. OK, yeah, we just decided, we said, Ross has got a doozy of a story and he's now worked it through in his head mm. and has thought, probably can't tell that no, on I here. Might, I might be able to. OK, well, yeah, no, I'll I leave did, that yes. with you. No, I will, I will. Brilliant. We, we can talk about that, yeah. Well, after we way. talked about it, Ross Noble <laughs> uh, has joined us in the studio. It's been a long time, Ross. Lovely to see you. It's nice to be back. You mm, seem yeah. to be on the bridge of some kind of um, starship. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... Uh, yeah. With, yeah. We've had a lick of paint. Yeah, yeah. Like back, back in the old days, I used to... Uh, I'd come in to see you. Yeah. And you were in some sort... I mean, it was barely a cupboard, Well, I mean, it? we had a Yorkshire <laughs> Terror killing the rats, didn't we? Uh, I don't even think you had uh, full double glazing at no, the last no, place. We didn't have many windows. Now you've got you've got double glazing at yeah. an angle, so it doesn't reflect. Yeah. And then you've got the actual window of the building outside of the studio. Yeah, and with a fantastic it's, view across uh, yeah. London. Yeah. Isn't that the building over there? Is that the one? Uh, the, the, they call that the the walkie talkie. Um, the walkie talkie. Mm. Isn't that the one that was reflecting the sun's rays and setting fire to cars? I think yes, it, was. Yeah, it was. They've changed it like a, a giant <laughs> thing used to do as a kid with a magnifying yeah. glass during the summer holidays. <laughs> People were parking their cars yeah. and having to on a hot day they had to sprint. If you look yeah. closely though, you can see the monument, which used to be this massive thing. It was one of the biggest. Yeah. Dwarfed. Oh completely. yeah. yeah. It wasn't yeah. about 1667, though. It was the biggest, uh, oh, the tallest true. building in London. <laughs> and, it's been and, a while. And, and wasn't there a law? Well, there was a law for a while that you weren't, nothing was allowed to be bigger than St. Paul's. That's right. That, was yeah. Yeah. And then that, that, that may have gone out the window. Yeah, yeah, yeah just yeah. a bit, yeah. <laughs> so, but, but clearly, when they designed that thing there and they just they put it there, 
they obviously didn't factor in the fact that London would ever be sunny. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was it was probably up there for like a year, and then eventually, cars are first in Something from a Marvel oh, comic. Yeah, we never yeah. thought we might have one sunny day <laughs> at some time. Yes. I like the owl. Have you seen that one that looks like a big owl? That's no, over, no. Over that, it's got like uh, it's got turbines in the wow. um, yeah over there. Because it's meant to look like a big owl. Does it look like a big owl to you? I, I think it might not just big be, owl that does our breakfast. No, not big owl. Brazil, I mean, that, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? Yeah. If the uh, initial design meeting, he walked in, just went, what are your concepts? No drawings. Big owl. <laughs> it's a big owl. It's in London. Smaller buildings that look like pellets. He's regurgitated. <laughs> it's the future. Uh, am I right in thinking, I, I heard this, this might be a rumour, mm. but there's a windmill on top of this building. Is that right? Apparently. there's really? a. I mean, like one for... Energy. They're not. They're not. They're not grinding flour. Yeah. <laughs> That's that fantastic. Would, wouldn't yeah. that be amazing? Well, if the it's bread all... is very good in the canteen. <laughs> yeah. it. it always tastes very fresh. Downstairs, it's all super high tech. But there's a. You open it, a door, and it's a Lowry painting oh. just up on the top. Of, yeah, all right, son, come up here. Bring, bring the grain. Bring, bring the grain, and I'll. Uh, I'll get we'll you ask Coffee later what it's like up there in the old windmill. So, uh, <laughs> yes. humor, humanoid, humanoid is your tour, mm. yeah. Ross. And if people haven't seen you on tour, um, uh, they they maybe should, they shouldn't expect something that's necessarily uh, tightly scripted for well, uh, for an hour and a half. It's not. I mean, yeah, the, the fashion now is for shows to have uh, you know a theme mm. and all that sort of stuff. And I don't go in for all that carry yeah. on. You know, I like something that's that's looser. Yeah, and yes. more owl slash windmill. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen you. That's your best. That's yeah. your best. Yeah. 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 Often the first hour of your show, you're not doing the show. You're, you're just, working. You're, you're doing just, stuff. Yeah, there's people in the room, and then you get to meet them, and it just mm. you know it all kind of. Uh, it's because the thing is now we're so uh, look at me trying to make this like some sort of big cultural point, but <laughs> we're all cut off now. You know, everyone's on their phones all the time, and you know people are faceless and hiding behind their they sort of avatars and stuff. So stand-up is one of the last places where people come together in a room, uh, even if it's just for one night, they form like this sort of community, a uh, uh, sort of oneness, and you just sort of, um, you know, it all happens. Yeah. It all happens there. It's a bit like sport, but without the crushing disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> and there is a night, of, see, a night of the very glamorous London Palladium next oh, yes. May. You're yeah, playing, yeah. Yeah. Have you played the Palladium oh. before? Have yeah the uh, I did it the, the the great thing about playing the Palladium it's it's so steeped in history yeah but you go uh, downstairs under the stage and they've bricked in Bruce's ashes have they really yeah yes. they took his there's there's I think it's him um maybe Lord Delfont right but like it's they took his ashes and then because I, I thought they'd just scattered I'd heard they'd scattered mm. his ashes yeah. at the Palladium but no they've got Bruce's actual action. And there's a look, and it, it marks it. There's a plaque. And, that, and there's yeah. a plaque on the wall, and it says, Behind here is the ashes of uh, Bruce Forsyth. Is so it like showbiz, showbiz's version yeah. of the This Is Anfield sign? If you're going on as a turn, <laughs> yeah. do you, if you touch Bruce's ashes, you'll probably have a good set. I mean, you, I know nothing about sport, so <laughs> I don't get that reference yes, at all. Anfield, as players come down the tunnel at Liverpool's Stadium. ground, they touch a sign that says This Is Anfield. and they, oh, it's right. above, it's so above they touch the it for Lux. Yeah, they oh, touch so it for you Lux. You know, it's exactly the same. It's a bit like um, what they should do is they should, they should have the ashes in a ball, you know, like the gymnasts. Yeah. And they should just... <laughs> Put it oh, on your hands, like yeah. that. and then oh, uh, see it. Yeah, one working on the basis, Bruce would have found that funny. He would have found he was it, a talk sport. He would have found what, to, to, he, he was that, a regular. He'd phone in Bruce now and again. He was fantastic. <laughs> no, he he'd phone in Goffy and, he'd, Goffy and Adrian. He'd phone Hello, Alan. He'd feel fantastic. He'd Did he really? Brilliant. Yeah, he's, he's I didn't. Have to, wouldn't have it. Was it? Was it very uh, heavily golf based? Was it? Quite a lot of golf. He liked his football as well. Tiger Woods didn't he do well? He would. Yeah, he loved it. Now since. We've our seen you as well. You've been in the West End and saw you in the West End in Young Frankenstein, very much enjoyed it. But uh, I'm sure one of the great mm. joys of that was was spending a lot of time in the company of uh, the legendary Mel Brooks. Yeah, yeah. That's the story that I was deciding yeah. whether or not I should I heard you yeah. talking about his, his reaction to Newcastle as well last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great. He's. Uh, we went up and did two weeks at the Theatre Royal. So you imagine how that felt for me. Yeah. The first theatre I ever went to. And I'm sat backstage, I'm in a Mel Brooks musical 
in the first theatre I ever went to and Mel Brooks is in the audience. <laughs> I mean, it was just, I mean, talk about pressure. Yeah, I was like, true. Can, I, can I nip down and get some ashes? For yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, so he, uh, but yeah, up in up in Newcastle, it was hilarious because, you know, he's, uh, what's he now? He's 93. Four yeah. now, ninety three. Is he and really? He, yeah, he really is. Wow. And he's got the and he's like that all the time. Okay, here we go. <laughs> and you just go like, you know, like obviously because it's a musical. Doing an Al Pacino got, impression. Yeah. Like, yeah. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> That's what he sounds like. Yeah. That is a perfect melody. Yeah. And you know the show is full of, uh, you know, it's full of like uh, very uh, young. Um, uh, professional dancers, yeah, and he had more energy than everyone put together. <laughs> you know? But yeah, we're up in Newcastle there, and he was just, um, he just kept coming up to me and he goes, I love these people, I love these people, but I haven't got a clue. What are they saying? What are these people saying? <laughs> so, um, did he ever say, but, Just when you think you're out, they pull you back in again? I'm sure he pulled that one in. So, um, but you said you kept a diary of working yeah, yeah, with Mel, did, yeah, oh, wow. yeah. So, I've got, I've got probably like, I've got pages and pages because every day there would be another thing that he would say there would just be like um because he's just constantly on like all the time yeah and then it's just things that happened you know like uh uh we went for we went for drinks uh one time and uh leslie joseph who was in the show she um she's playing uh frau blucher yeah. and she um <laughs> uh, and she decided she's gonna have a a champagne, you know. So, mm. she, so Mel was like, "What, you know? What are you, what are you drinking?" And Leslie went, uh, well, "I think, I think I might have had. I think I might have a champagne. I mean, she'd already had three before we got there. But, uh, she went, uh, "I might, uh, I might have a, a champagne," and just out straight away. And this is like fancy, a uh, fancy hotel. And he just grabs his chest like that and he goes, "Champagne, you're killing me, you're killing me." And, and she just went, "Oh no, no, if it's, I'll just, you know what? I'll just have, uh, I'll just have a." a, a normal wife and yeah, he goes and he went I'm only joking the one thing I got is money <laughs> yeah. uh, and we said one of the one of the great greatest things well I mean he'd done many great things you know a thousand year old man and, and lots of other stuff besides yeah. but the one show appearance has become quite legendary as well, Ross, yeah, hasn't it? When well, he was on on the one show, and he said, "This show is nuts," and he, he basically yeah. said what we'd all said for years. Yeah, and uh, I mean, well, the, so the story is, mm. I, 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 there's not time to tell you the full the full story, but there's more to that. There's, there's more was, than that appearance. It was it? insane. It was so it's basically so it was me, Leslie Joseph. I mean, just as a guest list, uh, yeah, Mel Brooks and Russell Crowe, yeah. right? So you can imagine, it's, yeah. just, it's a regular, it's just a regular green room. And uh, yeah, when we were downstairs, so that was basically, like he reacted like, what is this show? But that was kind of, a, that was a, that was the sanitised version. Because right. downstairs, the producer uh, wrote, like basically went through what the show was going to be, the running order. Mm -hmm. And she starts off and she says, so we talked to you first off, we talked about when you're in the war and then um, we're going to talk about uh, a new type of bin where you can uh, throw rubbish out of the car window into the bin. And he sort of stopped <laughs> and he sort of looked at me as if to say, sorry, what? What? What did you say? And I said, I went, Mel, just, it's it's mental, it's sure. Like, just, just go just with, go it. with it. it. I said, it's live, so it's all fine. And she went, and then we're going to, and we'll, we'll get to the show and then we'll talk about the, we'll talk about your films. And then she went, and then we've got this story um, about uh, a woman who, uh, she found out she had a brother, but then uh, they'd been separated uh, at birth. And then she went to find the brother, but the brother was dead. And he just literally, and he was half joker, but he was, and it was the most glorious thing he went what the hell is this crazy show <laughs> but, but the thing was he was swearing quite a lot as oh, well right. so i've cleaned this up but yeah, he's just going what the hell is this crazy show and then uh, the woman went we were just gonna and then he launches into this thing where he starts going you got a big star you got a big star like me on and then and he goes uh he went uh, and then there's uh, there's a pin but why are we talking about a pin? <laughs> and then he goes, and then, is the guy dead? Is he not dead? He's in the coffin. He's banging on the lid. Let me out of the coffin. What the hell? And then he just, and this, and this poor woman just went, we all love you very much, Mel. <laughs> like and then he just, oh, and then it, it, it went on from there. There was just like, and I've, 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 I've played it later. I actually pressed record on my phone and just, and recorded the whole. It was just fantastic. And he was, he was half joking, but kind yeah. of not at the same time. Because he is a guy that's like, 
you know, he works with Sid Caesar. You yeah, know? absolutely. He's like he's created. So basically, he's he's won every award: Oscar, Emmy, uh, Grammy, all Tony. of that. Tony, yeah, uh, most one of the most successful musicals of all time. He's yeah. got like you know, he's done sitcoms, he's done sketch, stand up. He's done everything. Like literally, he's done everything to the absolute top. Yeah. And then he's just there on the one show, and they're going, "We've got an idea for a comedy sketch." Yeah. <laughs> just, but it did they really? Alex saying, "What do you think of that then. bin, Mel? What do you like <laughs> that bin?" No, uh, we've got to move on. It's always a pleasure, Ross. It's absolutely lovely to see you as always. Thanks we wish for you well me. with the tour yep. um, next year. Yeah, on Ticketmaster, it's next year. Starts 18th of April, goes through the 31st of May. We're from Salford Keys via the Palladium, all the way to Middlesbrough Town. Hall and beyond, so you're, you're taking. I'm in glad the you said and beyond. I didn't like the yeah. didn't like the way you oh, said I, I, that. I wasn't. I've just, done the Philadelphia, and, 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 and then I wasn't. Right. No, no, no. You you go to Leeds. You're live at Leeds after that. Oh, so uh, yeah. all the like dates. The yeah, Ticketmaster.com are all the ticket details, and uh, yeah, uh, catch up with yourself. Right, I'm off to the roof. Oh yeah, go and go <laughs> and see the windmill. <laughs> Fire on the windmill. <laughs> <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Yes, that music, of course, signals the arrival of Martin Kellner, squad number nine, and uh, he brings us a week of sport on TV. Good afternoon, Martin. Good afternoon to you, Paul. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, yes. Martin. So what have you been taking in this week? Well, the team of the 80s. Did you see that, or did uh, you have I've, anybody in to I've talk got about it. it? We did. We I spoke haven't to, seen it yet. We spoke to Alan, who is the uh, producer. It sounded and we, good. Uh, and I've recorded it, ready to watch. Alan Ryan. Well, you know, uh, hosannas to Alan Ryan. I can't tell you when I've enjoyed a programme as much as that. Oh, that's it. Excellent. That was brilliant. Yeah. It was great fun because he'd done it as uh, all the titles and everything were like a black exploitation movie. Oh right, you know, which was just about right for that era. Yeah. So he got the era absolutely spot on. He said on. he wanted to. He said rather than it being kind of a lot of talking heads, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, he wanted it to have a kind of real sort of celebration. Lots of great football, old footage, and oh, he said it was fantastic perfect from that point of view. Great old commentary as well. They were all in there. Gerald Sinstad, Marty. Whatever happened to him? <laughs> Marty, Barry Davis. You know, bits of commentary from all yeah. of them. It was you know. If you have any nostalgia for, I mean, obviously, Crystal Palace means nothing to me, less than nothing. But, um, <laughs> but if you've got any nostalgia about football of the late seventies and the yeah. early eighties, because your team will feature amongst all the Palace the stuff, transmitters well, just gone down. Yeah, I think it has. Well, it featured in the fact that uh, they beat us on the way to promotion from the second division. Right. It was when West Ham were back down in the second division, so I wasn't that excited about it. And okay. it only featured just them scoring against Lots us. Lots of goals, so that yeah. Was so great. yeah. But there were loads. I mean, there was the cup run. I mean, you, you had the two chapters, really. You had the Malcolm Allison chapter, yeah. first time round, you know, when uh, they went down to the third division, yeah, yeah. his first time round. And then he brought in uh, Terry Venables and and then the climb started and you you know it was revolutionary under Venables and we all know what a brilliant brilliant manager he was mm. uh, and uh, they got into the, what uh, we used to be called the first division kiddies yeah every year's one for the teenage so they got up into the uh, into the first division from the third and uh, you had some great, great footage. You know, you had all the... Um, because they've got uh, BT Sport, they've got all that big match catalogue, yeah. which they're now showing right, quite TV a lot. Stuff, yeah. It's fun. Yeah, yeah it's re- really good fun. So they're now showing that. So they, they've got all that. And they had clips, lots of good clips from the BBC. Clips of the old uh, scoreboard. When the scores used to come up, and it used to be a sort of very a very distinctive typeface right. that was on the BBC. And it, they were actually wooden Slats, you know, yeah. they used to they used to put in the. Did you know mm. that um, what's his name who directed? Um, I've forgotten the film now, but never okay. mind. There was a, there was a great director that worked as an apprentice on the uh, with the BBC. Really? Yeah. Ken Russell? No, it, well, Ken Russell worked on, on things like Monitor in the early days. I'm right. trying to think of this guy. I'll remember him in a second. Okay. Um, but anyway, the, so they had Martin lots Scorsese. Of, <laughs> Martin fine, Scorsese. Final focus. Martin Scorsese <laughs> worked at the B. It was it was almost it was the guy was almost as big as Martin Scorsese, but it's completely gone. Which okay. is uh, who, one of the who, listeners who, might know. Who directed Alien? 
Oh, uh, Ridley Scott. It's in my book, Ridley yeah. Scott. Ridley Scott. He yeah. was an apprentice of the BBC. Ah. And uh, he got hauled over the coals because the uh, wood at the end of one of those slats that they put in. <laughs> the memo is, is in my book, actually. Yeah. That's the only reason I remember it, but it's a long time since I wrote that's the book. That's very good. But, um, Sit down and cheer. Yes, that's right. It's a cracking read. It's still it's available. Really it's a really well, good no, it's, it's a brilliant book. It's, it's, it's very still, good. still available. It might have the... Uh, History the of stamp. Sport on TV, really. That's right, yes. Yeah. It might have the stamping from uh, the Milton Keynes Public Abe Library. Books. Uh, Bill Burrows, our old mate, tells yeah. us, if you're ever looking for old football oh, books, you can't find ABE, A Books is the place you'll to find go. It. I mean, it's on Amazon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, no uh, point in plugging it because I'm getting money out of it. So it's repeated this Saturday, Alan told us, the team. I think, what time it was. It is. Well, well done him, Alan Ryan. It's available on Amazon. And, yeah. So go and check out... Yeah. Um, it's 1p, by the way, my book. 1p, but then 299p yeah. and p. And the, the brilliant thing about... Did he tell you about uh, Vince Hilaire's uh, Triumph Stag? No, he, no, he didn't. I think oh, I remember that. Well, there's a credit... Uh, uh, Vince Hilaire, who's the sort of main narrator, he travels around in an old Triumph Stag. Now, yeah. there is one for the teenagers. Yeah. Which was a sort of footballer's car. Lovely car, of, Yeah, it was indeed. Yeah. Footballer's car of the late 70s, early 80s. But there's a credit at the end from some sort of vintage car um, showroom that um, you know that, that obviously provided the car, yeah. and uh, it was brilliant. It seemed right, and what a great character! And the, you know, the, a lot of them were great characters. Yeah. And you had, that, and then suddenly they were. You know, it says team of the eighties. I mean, no way they were the team of the eighties. They were a team of one week in the eighties. Yeah, when well, they went to the top of the table, they went to the top of the table after ten matches. Uh, yeah. The four Liverpool. one. They beat. Uh, no, they didn't beat Liverpool, did they? They beat. What was the big win? They had one big win. Oh, one we talked about the other day. One, yeah. And yeah. it took them to the top of the I table. I watched it yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, people should go and find it. They I'll find it definitely. definitely well, I'll watch it. Yeah. it when it comes out. It was brilliant. On BT Sport Films. Very, okay. very good. Excellent. You watched Enjoyed European that. football this I week. I did well, watch the European yeah. football. I watched City against uh, Atalanta. and was very much taken by uh, Joe Hart's mm. um, outfit. He had, now I'm no, as you can see, I'm no expert in men's fashion particularly, <laughs> but he had um, a sort of polka dot uh, shirt with a check jacket and it was and a very wide tie. You know, mm. t- the tie knot was like, you know, your mum had done it for your bar mitzvah or something. <laughs> it was a very, it was a very wide knot at the very top, niche of, the reference, t- very niche. <laughs> top yeah. of the tie. <laughs> and uh, I just wondered what, I mean, somebody else must have spotted what he was wearing. It looked, uh, it looked ridiculous to me. <laughs> Maybe hugely fashionable, I don't know. Yeah, so only but, certain people can carry that yeah. off. Right, he can carry that oh, off. Yeah, You're right, he probably, yeah, well, maybe Joe Hart can as well, but yeah. he's, you know, his hair is a bit sort of bouffant at the moment okay. as well. Another so goalkeeper. Yeah, what did he mean? Who's another goalkeeper? Buffon. Oh, Buffon, Buffon yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's good, yeah. That's yeah. Right over the top. Yeah, just too quick, <laughs> no, too yeah. quick for too both quick. of us, Andy. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So I watched, I watched all that, and yes. uh, I'll tell you what struck me. I used to do a thing when I was uh, writing for The Guardian, and I used to do a thing called Cliché Watch. Um, and there was a couple I noted this week, used sort of slightly wrongly, mm. when they say somebody mistimes a tackle. And it's a player that's known for mis. I mean, Mark Noble's a bit like that. Yeah. He's known for like, at some point in the match, probably early in the match, mistiming a tackle and maybe getting a very early booking. Yeah. And um, I can't remember who the commentator was, but he said uh, he's got that in his locker. Now, to <laughs> yeah. me, um, to say he's got that in his locker is something that's good. You know, yeah, you don't yeah. say like it's something shot you keep in the top in of volley or something. Precisely, yeah. those skills. Precisely, yeah. you yeah. keep that in the back of your, your locker and you yeah. bring it out on uh, special occasions. Mm. But to say he's got that in his locker when you miss time a tackle, that's wrong, isn't it? I think. <laughs> well, I they normally yeah. say he's not that kind of lad. Yeah, not that is. kind of lad yeah. normally. But if, yeah. And the other one was um, uh, Robbie Savage. This was in uh, Ajax versus Chelsea. Mm. Robbie Savage was uh, analysing an offside decision and said, oh, he was comfortably offside. You know, because the guy was shown when you saw the footage yeah. back, the guy was shown he to be half a yard offside. You can't, you can't afford to be comfortably offside. <laughs> no. Do you know what I mean you become comfortably, comfortably onside. onside? Precisely. Yeah. But you're uh, by definition in an uncomfortable position. Mm-hmm. If you're right offside, so. I would have said. Yeah, I'll be honest, you Mike, can be comfortably off. You, can, you know, you can. Well, you can be comfortably off. You can yeah. be. Are you comfortably off? Not bad. <laughs> not doing bad, are you? That's right. I'd say, I'll make Martin, a living. good points, but maybe a touch pedantic. Do you think so? Yeah. Oh, possibly. Well, it was the Guardian. 
Guardian I used to write for. Oh, of course. Yes, Guardian yes. readers used to love that sort of thing. Of course thing. they would. But, oh, yeah. yes. They still would. Seven, 78 you know, messages on the, on the message no, board. I'm quite intrigued by the Bloodstock show on Sky oh, Racing. The well, the Bloodstock show is if, like, um, you and me, and, well, all three of us, really, uh, you still pine for the days of the double entendres of uh, Confessions of a Window Cleaner and such <laughs> great classics <laughs> as that, uh, you'd love the Goffs UK, not Darren, but it's called Goffs, G-O-F-F-S, yeah. um, UK premier yearling sale at Doncaster, and mainly because they're taking a look at the, taking a closer look at the shapes and sizes here, and one uh, horse, oh, she's a real bull, they said about one. Oh, really? Yeah, she's, she's a real she was bull. She delighted with that. Yep, and another one, well, it, this wasn't the owner, this was the horse, uh, and another one they described as, um, oh, yes. Fine animal. She's got a lovely strong back end. And, uh, you, you always think to yourself, matron. Yes, precisely. Um, is the bloodstock show good? Is it? Uh, is it like a? What, is it like it a behind the scenes? Well, if, you, if you're interested in horses, it's very good. Yeah, because uh, is it behind the scenes then? At what goes on in the bloodstock industry? No, it's more or less a straight up and down look at the bloodstock show. So you see people with these horses mm. uh, parading them around, but you have experts who talk about the horses and whether they've got a good strong back end. Uh, and all that sort of thing. So if you, I was thinking with horses, you've got to either be very, you know, if, you, if you're a betting man, yeah. and I have to admit I am, uh, <laughs> uh, you have to have uh, either, you have to catalogue things very, very carefully, mm. or you have to have uh, almost like a photographic memory. Because, you know, you will see horses that probably in the future will win races. Yeah. You know, rather than blacking backing blue dahlia because you like blue or whatever no. you, you would, so you're you know, watching it for future pumps are you you're no watching i was the watching it show. basically because it was on uh, it was, uh, in the old uh, what a great criteria the, yeah the old seinfeld routine can you buy horses by pressing the red button on your handset or not if you i suppose you've got 40 grand spare yeah, not cheap, and that's a cheap they? one yeah they do those at, Ch- at cheltenham at the end of racing mm, every day at cheltenham yeah. as you know you see and they have a big sale of the horses don't yeah they? That, but so you can get a horse for like 13 grand or the, the cheapest i saw was uh, eight thousand pounds okay but i don't know what you do with an eight thousand pound horse <laughs> so you run it and just yeah, hope, hope for the best and you've yeah, got all yeah, the upkeep yeah, martin it's yeah, not just the eight grand oh, oh, it's yeah. not cheap only the race know, it's definitely you? not cheap no, no. Yeah, well it's horse. lovely to see it you no, are you, you return yes and uh, i've got nine hours this weekend wow it's because great. tomorrow there are two yeah it's great for you mm. i've got to you'll be fast asleep <laughs> i've got two <laughs> two one a.m's right so on saturday night i start at one a.m and then after oh, I've done yeah. an hour of quality speech material, it goes back to one the clocks. And the clocks go back, and I have to do another whole. Oh, that's uh, tough, hour. isn't it? Do they that up your money? Tough. Do they up your money? No, well, the interesting thing is, I was debating some show last week. Do I put in an extra bill for the extra hour? Yeah. You know, a pro rata one mm. hour there, or do I? Or will they take that back from me in spring? Because in spring, of course, <laughs> oh, yeah, I will so gain extra. Run for your own back. But the problem is, it, should I, for some reason, not be here? in spring yeah. you know, for whatever reason well um, it's, an, it's an interesting way of looking it at it Martin yeah. you won't make the spring you yeah, won't get will, your money will back will I make the spring um, or you know maybe they'll um, re- <laughs> reconsign me to the breakfast show so I'm doing the breakfast show in spring yeah. I won't get that extra you won't get that so that's that's still so I'd, I'd, I'd yeah. get the money now get it in the bank it's you yours so. then you yeah. just live off the interest you clearly haven't seen my invoice Martin, lovely to see you. So, uh, you Talk, Radio, Talk Radio, our sister station, DAB, from 1am, an extra hour of Martin, and the clocks uh, go back. Tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, that's right. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. We return, well, I return on Monday, and he's got a couple of days off. Charlie Baker here on Monday and Tuesday. We've got David Bedell in next week. We've got Russell Kane. We've got the Hairy Bike that's coming back, and other stuff besides. So, till then, have a great weekend. Been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on Talksport. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.